<laughs> I got set the bar high, remember? Oh, yeah. So uh, I think, what, was it 2013, 2014 you moved to Abilene? So 2013, Felicia Hopkins thought she met me for the first time. But I actually, uh, we, I don't know if we ever met, but I heard her preach for the very first time when I was like 20, 21 years old. She was preaching revival at University Methodist Church here in town. She was working in El Paso, pastoring there, doing some Wesley Foundation stuff. I, I don't know exactly what all. But I went to hear her preach, and the sermon that she preached, I still remember, which is a rare thing to remember a sermon that long, you know, 20 something years later. I still remember the sermon, and I still remember a line that she continually was saying in it, and it still affects me today. And she prayed, she said, you gotta pray crazy kinds of prayers. And she had all sorts of examples about crazy kinds of prayers that she had prayed, and the way that God had impacted her life. And I thought, I'm gonna start praying crazy prayers. And I can remember being in seminary and not knowing like how uh, we were going to find jobs and make money. And I would just be like, hey, I'm supposed to pray a crazy prayer. And then we would get a job. And a guy came to me and was like, hey, we're going to give you $1,000 a month the whole time you're in seminary. And I think it's because we were praying crazy kinds of prayers. And so all of that to say this, I've uh, been blessed to work with Felicia and to know Felicia to listen to Felicia preach. And she's only here today because I was supposed to be gone, but I'm lucky that the conference I was supposed to be at got changed to a different date, and so I got to be here. When you have Felicia on the hook to come and preach, you don't let her off the hook. <laughs> so, um, anyway, if you got a seatbelt, buckle in. Or not, because she'll lift you up out of your seat if you don't. So, uh, have fun and enjoy the ride. Amen. Thank which will be the foundation for what we will do this morning. 
And then you're going to need two fingers because I'm going to need you to go to the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Believer's Gospel. And just go to the fifth chapter, real simple, not too far in, five and one. If you've got a sweetie or a honey with you, they can do Jeremiah, and you can do John. All right. Probably already told you everything you need to know about Jeremiah, yes? 
or the physicians were there to get the miraculous healing that God had for them. The story is about a man who sat by the pool, Sunday school lesson, for 38 years. And if you have a um, King James Version, you'll see that there's a chapter 4. If you don't, your book goes verses 3 to 5. You didn't notice that, but I'll tell you, keep that for a cocktail party conversation. So, the verse that's missing is 4, and verse 4 says that when the angels would come, that the water would be stirred, and the first one in would be, look at all of you. Number five, no four, that the man would be healed, whoever got into the pool first. So he's laying around, and it's a, kind of funny. I went to Israel, oh my God, and I was going to this pool. I wanted to see the five portals, and I wanted to, to because I preached it before, and I was expecting to see a pool like in your backyard. You got a pool? Whoever got a pool. Uh, a pool. Well, when I got there, I saw these big brick walls in, in like a two-acre plot, and it was like a maze, and you had to go around the maze, and in some of the mazes, there was water. So I've been giving this guy a bad rap for 20 years, thinking he could roll down to the pool. Well, he couldn't. But he had difficulty getting in. And when he meets Jesus, Jesus is like, well, what's, what's your problem? Like, you, well, somebody gets in before me. I've been here paralyzed. I'm friendless. I'm sick, paralyzed, lame, crazy. I don't know, just everything. And Jesus says, well, do you want to be made well? Well, yeah. Well, take up your mat. They laid on mats, the people like those yoga mats that they laid on them and they would receive alms from people. This is, well, pick this up right now. Get up and walk. And I love it, John is not like Mark, because Mark would have said immediately he was made well, but John says right away he was made well. And he got up and he walked, and when he was walking, he was so excited. You know, I imagine the guy was kicking his feet or doing whatever, and he does all that, and then he goes to church. Don't miss that. And when he gets to church, because it's Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, he, they say, hey, you, what, you, you, the paralyzed guy. Because you know how you know the regular bums on the corner? You know your regulars, right? You see him all the time, the regulars, oh, he's always on the corner of Smith, he's always on the, you know who they are. And when you see him dressed up, you're like, you look like somebody I used to see hanging out. So they saw the man and they said, what, what happened to you? So I don't know what happened to me. I don't even know who the guy is. All I know is he came to the pool. He said, do you want to be made well? I said, yes. And I got up and walked, and he made me well. And I'm here to tell you that I was healed in the name of that God, Jesus. <laughs> so you laugh, but we never think about it like this in the terms in which we live. The man received his ball. He received a miraculous healing, not in Gilead, but in Jerusalem. And so today, I just want to tell you real quickly how you too can receive your bomb in Las Cruces. Because see, the miraculous healing comes from Jesus. Jesus is the bomb, figuratively speaking, in Gilead, in Las Cruces. So what does the text tell us about how we receive that healing? Number one, you receive the healing when you're able to hear the word 
of Jesus. Now that'd be simple, right? You got a Bible. Read your Bible. You hear the words of Jesus. That'd be good. Uh, come listen to your preachers. You got a good preacher. Let me tell you. I know. I'm a district superintendent. Russ, you got a good one. Bless 
encouragement, the gift of being an apostle. We all have a gift that God has given to us to use in this world to his glory. But you got to do something with it. Mm. You're busy. <laughs> yeah, I'd sing in a choir, but, you know, whenever somebody tell you something, don't listen to what they say till they get after the bus. Because all the rest of that stuff is just slumped. Oh, I love your outfit. Girl, those shoes are matching. But no hair. All they wanted to talk about was what's after the butt. You go try it this week. But, but, you got to do what you can do. God is not looking for the butt in your life. He's looking for you to say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Use my gift. Let me do what I can do with what I have to the glory of God. And for my seasons that are in here. Oh, Felicia, I teach that Sunday school class. Well, I taught that last class back in 89. <laughs> it's time for the young people to step up to the plate. I used to always bring the pie and cook in the kitchen. Oh, no. I done fixed so many cars, I don't want to see another carburetor. You know, you can retire from your job. You can stop working in your house. But as a Christian, you don't get the opportunity to retire. You don't get the opportunity to take your gift and lay it down. The kingdom is in need of you. There is a bomb in Gilead. There is a miraculous healing. It comes when you hear the word. It comes after hearing the word that you do something. It comes when you do something. Well, let me tell you why we don't do something. First, let me tell you who we are. Come on. <laughs> we are the wounded. Wherever it is that God has called for you to be, and you've got to be willing to let 
time. And then finally, I love it. The man gets up. Everything working. He don't even know what hallelujah means. He just heard some Christians walk by last week and say it. So he said, hallelujah. He goes to church. Probably sits in the back back there. Because he really doesn't want to be seen. He's been unseen for so long. But he got a story to tell. The story says the man named Jesus. I 
I didn't have it in my lip notes. And then I was like everybody else. I said, thank you, Lord, till the Holy Spirit convicted my heart and tears began to cry, crumb, crawl from my face. I began to find myself on the altar saying, Lord, here I am, broken, battered, bruised. Lord, here I am, abused when I was young. Lord, here I am. I don't look like anybody else. Everybody talks about me, but I know that I belong to you. You got to have the kitchen version. Amen. This man was healed. He heard the word of God. He decided immediately to do what God said to do. But first, you got to hear to do what they There. 
again, Because I believe there is one. So for those of you who are standing in need of giving, for those of you who came in here today looking for something that you didn't have, I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes right now and bow your head. And if you're in need of something, I want you to slip your hand in the air without your neighbor feeling it so they don't know. And say, Lord, I am in need of a bomb. I'm in need of healing. I'm in need, Father God, of being able to hear your word. Father God, I, I, I haven't done what I can do to your glory and your goodness. And man, when is the last time I told someone the story of how you healed me, changed me, saved me? I need a mom. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not afraid. Because remember, it's not about you being worthy. God is worthy all by himself. He wants you just the way you are right now. He can fix you just the way you are. So, Father God, for those whose hands are raised, and even, Father God, for those whose hearts are bound, send your Holy Spirit in this place here now to heal the wounded, to heal those who are deep in sin, to heal those, Father God, just love you and can't get everybody else to figure out that you love them. Come. Strengthen our backs in this community. Give us voices to speak. To tell the truth that I want was lied. But now we bless your name in advance, Father God, for the miracles that you have wrought this community. <clears throat> because there is a bomb. There's a bomb. In Jesus. I was with the Potter woman when the priest came to call. He had a vision and he needed her expertise and the beauty that she continuously created. You see, the potter's friend, the baker, who had lovingly created the communion bread for the last 40 years, she had passed away. And the whole village was heartbroken. But the priest had an idea that he could perhaps pour the love and the comfort of God over everyone who grieved together. And he wanted to know if she would create the jar to hold the oil that would anoint her friends. I expected her to say, yes, yes, of course, and to seize this moment to bring comfort to everyone. But it was not her reaction. stared at him until silent tears began to fall. And then she went to her wheel. And she centered the clay. 
and softening it with her own tears and baptizing it with her pain and her grief 